buttoned that up. I'm very relaxed as you can tell, I'm stretching. Good roll, mate. I'm, I'm not a stock trader, but there's we, we should start looking at IPOs. Because there's one coming up, there's an IPO going up tomorrow. Um, adore, some, some beauty products that's meant to have been fucking killing it through the pandemic. And then the, the IPO goes out tomorrow. But you can't obviously, you need to go to whatever bank or whatever, whoever's running the, the um, IPO. You have to go to them, apparently, to get shares before they hit the market. No idea. I just got a trading account and um, don't want to give people li- financial advice on. So like, if you want to know what stocks to get on, get on. on. Cam- I jumped on a Cambodian gold mine and left it in there and it's sitting all right. So. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, what is the legal ramifications for, for stock code? Well, can they get you for, for manipulating the market? They can't. For what? If we tell everybody, if we say, hey, all of our 52 <laughs> listeners, go and buy a stock <laughs> with your 20 bucks that you got yesterday. Cash uh, it up. I'm not going to go to jail for that one. It's payday, isn't it? <laughs> that's a shame. Ooh. No, but you could. If you, I mean, they, that's a that's a room area to exploit. If you're like someone on the um, Instagram with, with 100 million followers, I don't know, does that exist? What's, what's The Rock got? If The Rock goes, hey, I'm going to make a, a, an IPO for my... Um, Keegan, you better be Googling, mate. I am. What's... What's that shit that he's just brought out? Tequila. If he goes, all right, we're going to take this tequila public. All of you... 241 all of you, million is the most. Oh. Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, so if he gets on and goes, all right, let's push this thing. Um, let's start trading this thing. Get all my followers. Go, hey, here's a hot tip. Uh, <laughs> Red up. It's going out cheap. You should all get on it. And they're all like, yeah. Is that manipulation or is that just really good marketing? That's definitely manipulation. <laughs> How though? Mate, you can't even tell people how to vote. Like, you can hand out how to vote forms, but if you go, hey, vote Liberal Party when you're, when you're on the booth, they're like, you can't tell me how to vote. I'm like, I'm not. I'm telling you to vote Liberal. Yeah, right. All right. So, um, for everyone listening, don't listen to me for two reasons. One, because it might be legal, but two, because I have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, the yeah. po- on the positive note, um, now that I'm a scumbag civilian, I went into... <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. It's a different world out here. It's a cold. Highly productive civilian. It's very cold out here. It's rough uh, in Darwin. That's <laughs> fucking hot in Darwin. I uh, went into EB Games and he laughed me out of the store. I was like, "I'm gonna buy." I said, "Mate, what are you? Gonna, what are we gonna do? PlayStation Five or Xbox?" And he said, "You're not getting anything till next year anyway, so don't worry about it." <laughs> <laughs> he just took one look at you and said, "You don't deserve it. You don't. You can't have it." No way. Well, they sold out already. That's a stock that's going through the roof, mate. JB Hi-Fi. They sold out till next year, and I, and and um, I, the awkward conversation with him. The guy had purple hair. I thought he's got to be valid. He said, he looks like a legit gamer, and I think I don't know who was more nervous, him or me. And I was like, I don't know why there's some social nervous. I was like, I'm walking. It's called in. sexual tension, mate. Yeah, <laughs> I I actually think there's something too. It's not not that, but I went on. I had to, my my cousins um just got back from the states. So he's in isolation for 14 days in one of the hotels in Sydney. And I had to, I was like, um, best thing ever when you're on deployment and you've like, you got nothing to do, like care packs rock up. You're like, fuck yeah, I'm excited for at least the next 15 minutes until I open it and realize it's just shampoo and I've already got shampoo. But opening care packs is like the best thing ever when, you, when you're feeling shitty. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to take him a care pack. And I wanted to. I was like, "Mate, what do you got?" I know it's 2020, and he can read whatever book he wants on his phone and whatever. But I'm like, "Do you want any books?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah." Hit me up for a few titles. 
Um, the only bookstore near me was the one on campus at University of New South Wales. And I'd never been to uni, right? And I, in I the can, street, can tell in you. the street, you, you put me in front of 5 million university students at the front of my house, at the pub. I am confident as fuck. You walk onto a uni campus by yourself and instantly I'm like, I don't know how to behave. <laughs> I, I didn't know what to do. I'm walking around, there's people looking at me. I'm like, is it anxiety or are they actually looking at me? Because I look like an unshaven monkey and this is like the land of political correctness. I didn't know how to behave. I, I was like, this is weird. Yeah, I, I'm going to get sued in four minutes. Yeah. Thanks for like, numbers. And I went, oh, mate. And I, I mean, I, I was telling that story to, to give overlap to walking into EB Games and getting nervous. But at the same time, I went in there and I'm like, have you got uh, Sebastian Junger's Tribe? And they're like, nope. And then I went through these title after title. Like, have you got any, any books that anyone who's not extremely left-wing um, and wants to improve social justice is there any books like that and there was nothing there was i looked well it was a pretty small bookstore but it's an indoctrination factory that was the end of the story 100 percent. the first thing that happens in the socialist countries like uh like stalin the first couple of things he did was start to restrict freedom of speech now if you look at restriction of freedom of speech and then you look at um some parties in the show saying those words are offensive you can't say that it's just a soft-boiled way of restricting speech, mate. So we'll see what happens. 100%, mate. That is, I mean, this you, you can't say that loud, but whatever what the world is trying to do now is what Hitler was trying to do in 1940. He just did it the really extremely aggressive and, and kind of uncool way by killing people. But um, they wanted everyone to conform to one way of thinking, one, one framework for society. He chucked the frog in the hot water, and the frog was like, fuck this, I'm out, I'm going to fight back. Right now, it's like universities are slow cooking the frog, and it's working. We are on the boil. But if you want to go even deeper, like, I mean, this is brought up on a few different podcasts recently, but everything in, in, in the last 50 or so years, or at least the last 20, since, since the planes hit the towers, it's all been done before um, leading up to the fall of a great civilization. And, and that's another one of those things, restriction of freedom of, of speech big big explosion in in um identity culture like people people needing to voice their opinion to get their identity recognized because their ego is having a hard time um and then false flag attacks i won't go into that because this, this will turn into a conspiracy podcast but that all happened in like all, all the great civilizations that fell um and the most famous of which is obviously rome like the romans um was it nero I don't want to pretend I know the facts. You might need to start Googling this shit. Yeah, your hands better get... Your hands are going to get sore, gigs. Because if me and Mex are just talking... Yeah, Nero, Roman Emperor, ruling 54 to 68. Might, might be false. No, no, but the, so, so Nero wanted to prove that they need to... to they, he, I think he was saying that the, the threat of Rome burning down was real and no one would believe him, so he set it on fire himself. And that's kind of like, yeah, 9-11, a little bit of a crossover. <laughs> don't don't believe there's a Muslim threat. I'll show you a Muslim threat. Nah, but false flag attacks have been like again is, the rise of conspiracy theorists is probably on par with that too. So who knows what's one right of his grandest plans was to near down a little third. Yeah, burn it down, essentially. Yeah. Oh fuck. Hey, well, well, this was all from from a segue into walking into EB Games uh, because old Trothy Corporal Punishment doing his little. Um, was he doing a, a, a twenty Twitch? 
24 hour Twitch stream on Saturday. Yeah, this and weekend. I was like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been in contact with him. I'm sorting it. Oh, good. We've got to, we've got to spruik that out on socials. Yeah. I lost, so that'll, I lost, that'll I lost a bit of track of it just to, obviously, the barbecue to remember stuff. Fuck my microphone. That's no, right. But so yeah. that's this weekend. So that'll be last weekend for anyone listening to the podcast. Yep. Listen up, guys. <laughs> well, listen up. Well, I mean, maybe we Unless can Unless you pump it out. Clip. Can you get super. Yeah, we'll we can chop a clip out of this early tomorrow and just pump it out tomorrow, Arvo. When yeah. does he start? I think he's starting Saturday night. 24 hour Ooh, gaming good. session. Because I was like, you know what? I wouldn't mind getting on there. I'm going to get on there. Because there's some dudes, there's some high speed dudes that that run around and play uh, on bloody Call of Duty. Xbox, play, PlayStation. I'm like, fuck it, I'm getting it in. I want to go kick Trothy's ass for a, for a couple of hours. Man, and the guy in the, the shop that, laughed me out. The game that they play is like super technical. Like they're like armor up and it's weird. It's not like COD. They play um, Taravac or something like that. And it's, yeah, it's super technical. Like gear your dudes up and they like take into weights. Like your dude will move slow with certain weights on him. Yeah. Oh mate, that's a, that's like listening to Swebsy play. Like I used to play Marrowin if I played. It was like the one where I and this is why I stopped playing Xbox because I turned it on and you get lost in this game for five days straight, and then you're like, oh, I'm not getting those five days back, and I'm never actually gonna be a dwarf with a battle axe. So I kind of got over it and gave it up. And then Depends on I thought how many it was just fun. Take. Well, yeah, I thought it was just mindless fun. Like you go around, I stored some gold, killed some stuff. And Swebsy's like, nah, mate. You gotta like, you gotta check your what you're wearing. If your if your player's designed to carry heavy armor and you're not carrying heavy armor, you should be carrying heavy armor. It's like, oh, it's complicated. It's too, it's too much. Well, but you're right. It's crazy. So is he, he's you're, playing one. Is he playing one game for 24 hours, or is he playing multiple? It says he's he said one game, which is fucking oh. hectic. He's been building Hat- up, building up. He reckons. He reckons he's been. Been training for the twenty-four hour stint. I reckon we we find out, and then we drop jump in his server. We get a crew together. We get old Schwebs in and his boys, and we uh, get the Swiss Eight hundred um, percent Swiss Eight team together. Yeah, if that's yeah, something that people be interested in seeing, hit us up in the comments because we've raised it a few times now. The streaming team, I reckon, I reckon it's a thing. Once every month, playing some games with the boys, talking shit. Yeah, and it's. I mean, it's not just that. Like. It's, it's the best way to connect. Like People connecting on gaming platforms, they've been doing that way before Zoom and COVID were invented. Yeah. Um, just like catching up with the boys, listening to, to, to Swebs and he was playing with Kano in, in Cairns. Yeah, right. Like, That's sick. Keeping, even just keeping in touch with the boys once you get out, um, play, doing gaming, as long as it doesn't become your life. I think that inside, no vitamin D, could get a little bit depressing. Just a bit how you young. This is all just a video game anyway. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> That's what an NPC would say. Where do we go? This is going to be. This will be an hour of a thousand rabbit holes. It's a lot. Um, but. because I think doing this once a month should be something that we sort of start putting in now. So once a month, get together, do a bit of a download instead of doing the pack updates where it's me talking into a camera like an idiot. Um, mm. We can do this and and. I agree. I mean, even even if there's only five hundred thousand people listening to it, um, like even just catching up with YouTube boys, that's not a work meeting. It'd be fucking good to go, 
And and there is there's a bunch of stuff that I've been hope trying to squeeze into the conversation in podcast to find out like not from the guest but from but you and um, Max and Key and like what what books you've been reading what you've been what your lifestyle habits have been like um, and if we do that once a month that's almost like a public forum check in for the three of us yep because I mean we yes we we social media we preach the the eight pillar lifestyle all the time but it's, sometimes it's just not fucking possible like. Um, there, there's weeks where I've, we're either working too much or you're moving around or this shit goes on and you're like, yeah, shit, I've had a super fucking unhealthy week. So it'd be good to go, what are you up to these days? Like, where's your habits at? Um, are they working? Whatever, let people know what books you're reading, podcasts you listen to. And like you said, I think doing a, what do you call it, if it's a month, 30 and 30? Like, what, what did we do last month? What did we get done? What are we doing next month for people to listen to and go, yeah. fuck yeah, we've got something yeah. going on. So I can kick that off right now because I've got to do some recruiting. Send it. We need. So again, a content producer. No, we got one. He's yeah. on the call, mate. What are you talking about, <laughs> motherfucker? Oh, that, that could be the first one. We should promote Keegan's big promotion. Hundred percent. What up? This is super informal because I think this might be the first he's heard of it too. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard whispers Stepping around. As, I've, I've heard whispers around the office of us three. <laughs> ah, good. The office that doesn't exist. Exactly. Yeah, full-time content producer starting now. Ready, set, go. Right now. Get to work. Max reckons what? my ball's going to be in a bloody knot now. Your ball's in a knot? What do you mean? Heaps of work coming out my bum. No, yeah. I think 2021 for, for Swiss 8 is going to be um, streamlined, well-planned, and no more, yeah, let's get in the froth um, and, and <laughs> kind of fucking stress everyone out. You know who you like, are. Like, it's going to be well-executed, <laughs> well-planned. We've got some big shit coming up, but I think... Going back to the content producer role, um, to everyone who's listening to this, we, well, Keegan, by we, I mean Keegan, is starting to put together a comprehensive database of designers or digital designers, developers, videographers, photographers, editors, like anyone in the media creation space, so that, because we're going to be growing fairly quickly, like we want to be able to tap in, especially in the veteran community, if there's anyone out there that's high speed, um, put your hand up. There's no full-time gigs because uh, we can't afford full-time people yet until we get heaps of government funding. <laughs> um, but yeah, when, when as the time comes, I mean, that's that's the best way to, to scale up a business is not to stress yourself out with, with 100 new full-time employees that you might not be able to pay for next week. Get a big database of freelancers and go, hey, we got... If we are planned well in advance with these events that we're running around the country next year and all the sporting stuff that we're going to link in, either run ourselves or, or run in partnership with different organisations, um, we're going to need videographers and we're going to need designers and stuff to jump in. Yeah, and that's um, every that's every state and territory as well. So if you're listening, every state and territory, yeah. we, need, we need people. Yeah. Shit's I think that's something that's interesting to note when you talk about the, the planning and processes that you know you preach from the start uh comes into it when when you finally look back and you look at how some some other organizations operate and this is guys getting out of the army you guys you, you'll you sort of reject what you've been taught because it's the big bad army and you're like fuck that i don't want anything to do with it and then you'll get into the mix in civvy street and a lot of them you think you know nothing you've got nothing to offer but the stuff that you've learned and the processes and the procedures and the time, even just time analysis, some basic stuff that a lot of mid-level civilian corporations do not have or don't plan. And, and it's starting to come forward now. 
where you're like, fuck, yep, that makes sense. And it, re- it definitely reduces anxiety. Like we've all, it's all good getting in the froth and getting super excited and doing 24 hour or 18 hour working days, but you burn out and then everyone gets shitty and stressed out as fuck. Yeah, and then that planning and prep stage from the army is the best part to take away. Mate, 100%. Like, everything we do now is, yeah, there's new software for it and there's new fancy words for it, but it's a fucking fire plan. Like, it's yeah. like we need to, you get an objective and you're like, you've got to take that and like, sweet. It's fucking, that's a ginormous, and this goes for like setting goals and, and actually achieving them too. Like, that's a ginormous task. I can't send an infantry section up there to storm that castle. I don't know why I thought about castles. Do we still that, that was it? <laughs> you know what I mean. It's the boys video games. The boys it's the video games. But so you've got to set a five plan, and that that is like a long, detailed reverse timeline of the stages of getting shit done. Um, and then once all the planning's done, yes, the military does teach you also that that a plan's only good until you walk out the gate. But at least there's a plan to fall back on. And everything we're doing now, we're slowly getting the processes in place. We'll be able to go. All right, this a twelve month fucking mission that we've got to achieve then reverse timeline the planning and, and stage it out and then do actions on is the big one i think that's what that, what we're missing at the moment we don't have enough actions on because it's like we we go all right we've got to do xyz with influences for a barbecue and then you get a sick plan and you go for it and then at the end of it you're like oh that didn't really work how i thought it was going to do all the way along every time you hit a fucking obstacle you should be able to go what's the actions on for this one all right let's see if we can pivot or adjust on the run if not, then fuck it, just keep moving. But um, yeah, if we can get processes and then actions on in place, it's good to go. And all of that shit transfers to to Civvy Street. Um, and this is all this is all in context to the barbecue to remember uh, planning stuff that we're we're presenting and and launching. What's well, launched now, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's live. Um, ready to roll. Get on it. Barbecue to remember there be some so, boys over. There's some boys overseas now. We'll have to um, actually. We'll have to send them some magical care packs. From yes. I actually put that in the sun of the day. Ideas board merch care packs. Um, if we get those free shipping five dollar boxes, do they still do them? Yeah. The army milk two, two kilos for you. Yeah, those those little boxes like that fit just enough um, deodorant, shampoo, and all the other shit that you've already got in your toiletry bag. Yeah. They put just enough of that in there. Um, no Tim Tams. Or one of the boys, his old man, sent him meat pies to Timor. Come on, son. I don't know. <laughs> gonna... <laughs> my mum used to try and send my dad booze. Yeah, that uh, works. That'll actually might get there. Happened all the time. We threw out. We had um, one of the boys do a care pack when we were in Afghan. And it was just a whole care pack full of shampoo bottles. We were like, you're an idiot. And we threw them all in the bin. And he's like, <laughs> oh, no, grog in shampoo. There was gro- he's like, there was just grog, you fucking idiots. Oh, oh well. Good. That's actually a good segue. I'm going to get a drink real quick. Oh, well. Um, so there'll be some boys over there now. If you just want a care pack, send us, we're going to send you one anyway because um, some of the boys have sent over logs and logs of dip, mate. So I'm glad I've Ooh. fucking seen some of those. I need some care packs of dip. You know who I'm talking about? Elliot. Oh, is he, he's over there now, is he? Oh, can you say that? Smell Elliot Elliot? I'll bleep. Use code names. Code name Elliot. Yeah, good. <laughs> That's who he is. I want my fucking one out. I want a log of dip. I actually joined a page the other day. There's a Facebook page for Australian dippers, and they help each really? other out. Help help each other out getting um, getting shipments in from certain people. They've got contacts in the US that help send them over. There was a there was an alliance of one area mm. diggers dipping in one area, and they're like, we just got to... It was like a it was like a brotherhood where 
if someone got a shipment in, we'd put it in the freezer at Fatty's. And then yeah. if you're out, you could go. It was good. It worked. You get it on tick. But. So, also a good segue, like because we have people, um, we put up a post. What time is it? It'll go out soon. Um, with me and Dave having a beer, promoting a mental health campaign. Um, we've already had people say, oh, can you, can you do that? You shouldn't be promoting drinking yes, mental can. health. Um, and yes, I explained it in the post saying one or two beers is fantastic. Having 500 is the problem. But like same goes with, with dip, right? So people go, oh, it's tobacco. It must be terrible for you. It's not amazing, but nicotine is a performance enhancing drug. Like if you get um, nicotine gum, it's super expensive, but you chew it or you put dip in your mouth and you try and shoot, you will shoot straighter. It makes everything more alert. Unless you uh, think you can dip, you pack a full horseshoe, then you green out, throw up, and... Yeah, you're that guy. Literally green out. <laughs> but, I mean, if you drink too much water, it'll kill you too. So maybe just a little bit of dip to, as a performance enhancer. <laughs> no, pack a big fucking horseshoe and rip my half anyway, bottom of my lip off. <laughs> full segue, champagne. Having, I do enjoy a single, maybe a double drink when we're doing a podcast. Um, but on my list of topics of conversation, I've got to talk about the carnivore diet. And that's why I was running late for this one because I had to run down and get champagne because um, I can't do beers, I can't do anything that's full of carbs. Apparently, champagne will keep you in ketosis. I'm not sure. We'll test it out. What, with the little piss sticks? Well, you just, you just know because your body, you know when you're in and out, don't you? Oh, uh, sometimes. Like I, I've, I've used to eat keto a lot, especially before... So we say when I was doing um, Fit and Fresh and, and that other restaurant, we were pretty big paleo and keto um, advocates. And I used to be in ketosis almost always until, because back then when there was no one in Ewing, I wasn't really going out on the piss much. It was easy. And then someone got posted to Singo and then the bloody relationship shit. broke down. <laughs> no. yeah, if, you, if, you, if you actually joined the dots. <laughs> and then... <laughs> It might have been correlation, but correlation doesn't equal causation, causality. according to the sciences. Um, but no, like I was in ketosis a lot, and I got to the point where I was actually following, yeah, what's his name? Could have been Tim Ferriss. Either him or, or um, Ben Greenfield, I think maybe. And, and Chris Cresser used to do a lot uh, on their websites talking about ketosis and how to track it and what the benefits were. Oh, and there was this dude, fuck, what's his name? Something D'Augustino. Dom, Dom D'Augustino was like the godfather of keto. And um, he was t saying that, that you can drink champagne and still stay in ketosis. So I ended up getting one of those ketone strip meters. It's like for diabetics, you use them for, for blood sugar, and then you get the ketone strips. Test ketones as well. And I could, like one or two glasses of champagne a night, probably while you're drinking, you slide out. But an hour or so later, you slide right in, and then you're good to go, back in, back in burning fat. But while I'm ranting, I'm going to stick on it because I've been eating oh, carnival, right? Yes, got it from Rogan's podcast. Listen to Rogan's podcast. <laughs> I was going to say Jordan Peterson because uh, he his daughter had a lot of autoimmune problems. Hey, there's yeah. a lot of there's so many people doing it at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I think she started it because she had um, a whole bunch of dramas, and then she got she found it from a chick who had Lyme's disease, and went carnival and apparently kicked Lyme disease I don't know if she kicked it or she just kicked all the symptoms but either way 
Um, Jordan Peterson's daughter started, and then, I don't know, time went past, he started as well and was a big advocate for it. He's also 30 kilos ringing wet, so I'm not sure if our lifestyles are exactly the same, so I've got to be careful. Um, but then, I mean, you listen to, I listened to one episode of Brogan's podcast, started jiu-jitsu and bow hunting, and now I'm eating a carnival diet. But no, I've, I started this week because we're in... They've got skits. They've got... You've seen the dude that does Yeah, I've seen it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing all of those. It's <laughs> so funny. They're those heat, ch- heat shock proteins. Yeah, so I've got a sauna <laughs> in the lounge room now. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I said to Swebsy. This is the he calls this the house of good intentions because we just buy things that make your lifestyle better, but you've also got to turn it into a habit and actually use them. Yeah, find that time to use body. every single thing as well, mixing it in with your lifestyle and make it work. It's hard exactly. as fuck. Exactly. Is Swebsy still playing on the keyboard? Is he still learning music, like piano? Not unless he's sneaking down into the storage locker uh, at night to practice, because that's where his <laughs> keyboard is. But there's plenty. Of, there's, <laughs> there's a few other like personal growth hobbies. He's gone deep into jujitsu. Um, I signed up with him, bought a gi, so at least I can take selfies. Uh, and I've been back twice. I just you can order black mind. belts online anyway, doesn't, doesn't You have to go through the process. Stripes, mate. Stripes are BJJ, isn't it? Oh, no one's going to wrestle you through your phone when you're putting photos on Instagram, surely. He, he will be scary because he is a, he is a phenomenal athlete and, and strong. A, nug, a nugget. Mm. Yeah, he got, he's going to hurt some people. Mm-hmm. And like I've, I'm just watching it. It's like going through military mindset and how you train. It is all... Like you'll go there, I've been there twice, so I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about with jiu-jitsu yet, but I know that when I'm learning stuff now... And you're getting older. I don't feel like you've got to go in and be the toughest dude in the room straight away because you're clearly not. You're in there with dudes who are way better than you. But slowing it down and going to train with someone like him and going, all right, we just learned this move. I'm going to go super slow and just repeat it and just repeat it and just repeat it and just get muscle memory up. And eventually, because right now, myself included and him and a couple other boys that are doing it, um, for, for me too, them four or five training sessions in, super the widest of white belts, it's like... We're okay with some of the other dudes who have been doing it for a bit longer because you can out-muscle them. But that's not going to last forever. And when Swebsy gets the skill set and being out of our muscle people, it's going to be like wrestling a fucking wombat, mate. Because he's, <laughs> he's a slightly humanoid gorilla. Um, I think it's good, mate. It's a sick sport. Like, again, two days. I'm, I haven't been doing it that much. But you can tell it is a physical chess match. There's dudes on there, you're just gassed, waiting to find, just in the back of your head, you're like, if he does this and I can do that, I must get him. I'm like, it's fucking cool. Yeah, it's I just time to go back. Next yeah, week. did you go, did you train at the dog factory in Townsville? Mm, a couple of times, but only ever on striking days. I never went there on grappling days. I give up on striking days. I punch like, a, not that if anyone's watched, listening, I mean, you know, I'm all right, but <laughs> I'd rather just use my advantage, just lay on you. Fuck around and yeah. find out. The old plastic bag, mate. <laughs> yeah. I've got, I've got no interest in striking anymore because I don't want to get hit in the head. Like, I don't want to, I'm, I'm a 99% sure, um, including by, I, I know because the way I structured that sentence, I've probably got brain damage. <laughs> so I don't want any more. It's too risky. CTE is real. Uh, yeah, so I, I went, I had a, um, um, so this is something that is, I'm fucking super, super passionate about, mate, um, especially Mortimer 84 dudes. I spoke to some current serving RSMs, um, and they were, they, and these were pretty hard dudes as well, and we sat down in the mess and spoke to them, and they sat and listened, mate, and they were like, fucking bullshit, and 
I went to this this neuropsych check and it's super expensive. And the reason why these things are so expensive is neuropsych assessments are, they're like X amount of thousands of dollars, three to $5,000. DVA doesn't like paying the full amount. So if you need to get a neuropsych assessment, do it while you're in the army. And you're if you're in a place where you do repetitive, so if you're in snipers doing 50 cals, if you're in heavy weapons, firing 84s, uh, mortars banging 61 mils, is it? 81. 81, 81 nearly, mate. Banged it. Um, I was only in the infantry for fucking 18 years. What a retard. <laughs> um, I, was, I was around lots of big bangs. <laughs> That's it. That's hey, it's, it's just exactly. buying into the there story. And she, she, and she was, I was trying to explain to her and, and I was like, look, this is what I did. Like, I fired a fucking anti-tank rifle and she's like, what is that? It can't be that bad. And then I just showed her some videos and she was just like, <laughs> yes next to your head and I'm like yeah lots of them and she's like oh you need to go get a brain scan darling I was like thank you because at the start she was like look to be honest like it could just be old age like we haven't got a pre-screening like we don't know where you were to know where you are now um, and it started to get into this weird sort of argument and then I started showing her videos with sound and photos and she was just like you need to go get a brain scan. Do you know what gets people with it? It's the photo. When people get the photo of the back blast, and you can see how fucking intense that ring is at coming out the back and the dust getting picked up from like 40 meters away. That's when you're like, yeah, it can't be fucking good for you. <laughs> Mate, it was a sick one of the Americans dropping mortars. I don't know who sent it. Someone sent it to me yesterday on it's just a, like a five-second video. And like the dust around it. it remind, we, we got videos from Afghan doing the same thing, but the dirt blowing up around it, like 10 meters away. There's just dirt blowing up. You're like, oh, that went in one ear, rattled your brain, then went out the other ear. Probably couldn't even exit. Exactly. Just stuck, just stuck in there. You're fucked. Like it's, but at the same time, I'm also conscious of like being a hypochondriac. Not that I, I think I am, but I don't want to go, hey, there's all these symptoms. Have I got them? Nah. But if I think on it hard enough, I can pretend I've got them. And then you've got them the next day. And then also you a get, common you get sign of... of- sign of anxiety is fucking forgetfulness and fucking lack of brain use of brain so when you overthink something you start getting anxious about it you're gonna start getting more forgetful and you're like there it is got it but hey that's a converse that's something that made because i um obviously got out standard infantry soldier knees back um fucking shoulders like the suite of things and as soon as dva said yeah your knees are fucked now, I don't know if I'm a hyper... Like, exactly what you're saying, whether I'm a hypochondriac, but as soon as DBA said, your knees are fucked, I was like, well, my knees are fucked. And my doctor was like, you can't run again. And I was like, nah, I can't run again. And I was like... F- and for a second, I was believing my own bullshit. I'm like, well, looks like I'm going to do BFA walks for the rest of my life. Mm. And I was like, bullshit, mate. Just because DBA says something... Like, you can still go and move your fucking ass. You were going to stay in the army for a, a period of time. Until you decided to get out or, you know, like, so, so don't, don't buy into just cause mm. you're diagnosed. I think that's the big one. Just fucking that keep is, moving. That is, that is the big risk. And I mean, this is going to ruffle a few feathers, but fuck, have a look in the mirror if it does. I reckon mo, there's a lot of veterans in the veteran community that go, I heard DVA's paying for ears now. Ooh, I can hear some ringing. And like, no, mate, don't do that. Like, yes, DVA has turned into a big piggy bank for people who, who love to pretend they've got heaps of injuries. It's also there for a reason for all the people who have legitimate injuries. But 100%, man, especially with mental health stuff, if you start 
um, telling yourself that if you you have uh, got a really busted mind and that'll be better for for tick and box or DVA, you're gonna fucking bust your mind because I mean I don't believe in all that shit that was in the book The Secret, but manifesting your own reality is a legit thing. No, hundred mate, that is one thing that that telling people if you just because you're diagnosed with it or or if you are going to be one of those dudes then you know good luck to you i hope you do fall off the fucking rails um but if you manif- you will manifest your own especially when you get diagnosed like yeah yeah i got my big fucking pdsd payout um they believe their own bullshit and and that's what happens over years we know how memories are formulated we know how they're constructed differently and we know that people's truths and remembering of experiences change over the years they honestly, we, I mean, we spoke about it. There's current serving boys still there as well that, that they're like, this dude's making up shit. And then, but it's not, he's, everyone thinks they're the good guy. And as we progress through life, that story that they told themselves actually becomes true. Yeah. Mm. And it's then they're fucked in the, and they're in this position. Um, so, but that's, I mean, that is, that is becoming proven science that your memory, like they won't, some, courts won't won't take memory as testimony to prove guilty or not guilty because memory's fucking hopeless <clears throat> and after a couple of years like you said if you there's shit from when i was way younger that i remember now and i'm like i don't really like i don't remember the event i've just thought about this every couple of years so i'm remembering the last time i remembered it mm-hmm. and it's and then if you're if you're telling yourself a story going this is what happened but it's not really true and then 10 years later you're going to remember the time you told the fake story and be like no that's actually real and you you could pass a lie to take the test saying that that's the truth yeah chinese whispers with yourself oh 100 percent. it happened with the we had a christmas my my family recorded every single christmas and i remembered a specific event and a toy and then reactions from my grandparents and 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 i remember it explicitly with absolute detail and clarity and I was talking to my old lady the other day and I was like oh yeah this is what happened she's like nah that's not that's yeah. fucking not not right and I was like uh yeah it is and we had a we had a proper Barney and she goes right she put the home video on from like 1988 and she's like how about that one and I was like didn't fucking happen I'm full of shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I mine, mine wasn't a video mine was like um a, a, a photo I, when I was young I was at my cousin's place in Sydney for Christmas every couple of years and we went down there and I, this was when I was like three or four and I'm like I must have the best memory in the world I can remember myself with this little pink trike when I was a toddler and the memory of it is me standing next to the trike and I can remember like what I'm wearing and everything I'm like that is fucking impossible because my memory has me in the third person so I'm like, and then I tell this story to my old man. He's like, are you sure you don't remember this? He pulls out a photo and it's me at that house standing next to a pink trike. I'm like, oh, so I remember the photo. I have no <laughs> fucking idea what happened that day. But somewhere in the past, like 10 years or so, someone showed me the photo and now I remember that. But yeah, I mean, don't, there's, don't, don't, the point of the story, don't get fucking wrapped up on diagnosis and pretend that you've got stuff because you'll end up coming true and you'll fuck yourself up. The best thing DVA's ever done um, not to turn this into a full DVA podcast, but best thing they've ever done is demand people get MRIs. Because I, I went to get my back and knees, which felt fucked. Didn't know what was wrong. It felt fucked. I'm like, sweet, see if DVA's um, good to accept this. And I was in my mind. They came back. They go, first thing you got to do is go and get an MRI. Comes back and it's all, the knees and back and spine are all fucked up. Um, not real bad, but still enough. And they're like, yep, yeah, tick, tick, tick. DVA accepts... Um, 
or, or whatever the fuck DVA does. I don't know it that well. But um, and then from there, I go to the physio and she's like, oh, she she videoed me running. She's like, you cannot run for the next three months. Showed me the video. I look like I'm running like fucking Bambi, mate. My knees are bending in sideways. But then once she, we fixed that with the physio, I'm like, she goes, I want you to start squatting with heavy weight. I'm like, is this like I don't want to be on sixty minutes or a current affair cameras chasing me down the road with DVAs going, oh, you told us your knees were fucked, now you're doing heavy squats. And she's like, no, that's why you get MRIs now, because it's like, they were fucked. Let's fix your body so they don't get more fucked. Or, or let's prevent them from, because, I mean, and, and the, the big thing there is, the worst thing for knees and back is obesity. So if you stop running because you're worried about DVA going, oh, no, you're supposed to have bad knees, don't run. Sit at home and get super fat and see what happens to your knees. They're going to blow out sideways, mate. Or your mental health stuff. I, I think that's massive. Um, yeah, it's I fucking I have I, like because I've sat there. I've done exactly. I mean, I I'm a proponent for for that's why I'm come on board for, with Swiss Eight with discipline routine, and I've done every and I mean I've I've stuck to it. And and this is the the, the teaching is this is that when you know right, and you just human nature pulls you left, and you're like, you know what, I'm gonna. Actually, I don't have a choice. My missus gets me out of bed at 10 past five every morning. Uh, but w- when there's, you, there's places where you fall off and you do and you're like, you know what? Oh, no, I, and I think it's actually arrogance. And I think that's why AJs are probably most prone to doing it is because they're like, same with sports people who leave sport. They're like, no, no, no. I'm an elite level athlete. Um, if it's sporting, I know how to train. I know what I'm doing. Um, I can get fit again. I'm just going to have a couple of easy days. And then before they know it, six months later, they're 15 kilos overweight and they're like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> you know? 100%. And that's, that's the even bigger problem when you go, I used to be a high performer, super soldier, super athlete. And then you look in the mirror six months after you get out and you've got fucking muffin tops hanging over you and you're like, now I'm a big fat piece of shit. And that's me done. Life, the best bits are back that way. <laughs> I might as well just drink piss and get on with it. Are you reading my journal, are you? Yeah, so I pulled that. It was page <laughs> get four. Get out of my house. <laughs> it would have been page nah, two, but... mate, in chicken scratch, and there would have been <laughs> zero <laughs> commas. When fucking so water droplets would spread around it from your tears. <laughs> that's probably a good bit to get into for your, like, where you're up to now. Cause, so you got out. You weren't fully out yet. Um, your transition process out, you kind of ticked every box that we try and preach to people not to tick. Like, moving away from all the boys, um cutting yourself off going to a town where you don't know anyone like they are big don't fucking do them and you kind of got forced into it like did did you get to the point where you're like yeah this is actually i I understand where all the things are going wrong or do you just slowly slide into it and then you wake up one day and you're like oh i might have fucked up here uh i think it was both mate to be honest and and don't get me wrong one rr fucking uh looked after me um with the uh meaningful engagement um, from medically discharging and and more specifically um there's a warrant officer in one area um that's in charge of their rehab and rehabilitation and he knows the system he knows how any any gives a fucking shit and it's one of those rare drop? people hey you allowed a name drop i don't know uh we will anyway it's one officer long um but the guy the guy knows this and he gives a shit about people and um he he actually went out of his way to make a transition pretty easy and and i don't think it was a sergeant digger thing 
because he's offering that to all of Delta. It's different experiences. I know they are completely different. Um, but he's not ranked biased, mate. And it wasn't like, oh, you're a snake. You get a different fucking exit strategy than everybody else. Um, the transition process was sick, dude. Like, it was it was almost too many appointments where people like, are you set up with this? Are you set up with this? Are you set up with this? Uh, and then getting to Darwin, I moved over to Darwin. I'm like, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to kill this. And then it sort of happened. I got to Darwin. I'm like, I am fucking not in the army anymore. I'm two and a half thousand Ks from any of the boys and living in a house. I had everything, complete adjustment disorder, I think. Like, I'm sitting in a house. I'm like, this is not my fucking house. These are not my people, you know. So, yeah, it was, it was, I think it was, it's a big adjustment uh, and, and, and leaving, moving towns, careers, all of those things together. Yeah, don't recommend mm. it. Yeah. Even the, the purpose thing, like every, all the feedback we, we got when we started this was like identity and purpose are the big ones you drop off with. And you're working with us like all the time, but even being in Darwin, it's still not the same. Um, it's actually physically hanging out with the boys all the time. Yeah, I think the big one was uh, that, that, that social interaction, going, just going into work. And it's the, I, I, I hate being cliche, but when they talk about the boys and like, you know, or the girl, whatever. And you know what, I'm like, the boys. Um, and you rock up to work and you just shit talk. Otherwise, you go to a place you don't know, especially working remotely. Um, I don't see anyone unless I make the effort to go out and see someone. So you don't know, hey. Mm. Uh, and and perp- the only thing that sort of kept me going was that, that staying perp- like purposeful, having a purpose, moving forward and knowing where I'm going to get to. But I think this is absolute proof in the pudding that... Um, knowing what is right and and knowing the framework and knowing the eight pillars um, and knowing them before you get into the fucking problem zone, you can pull yourself straight back and go, have some introspection and go, why am I feeling like shit? Well, you're sitting in Darwin, away from everybody, probably getting on the bottle a little bit too much or whatever the particular thing is. Uh, Darwin is the piss in capital of Australia, but surely... Well, it's fuck yeah. It gets it it's gets hot up there, mate. It's fucking hot up there, mate. <laughs> you got backpackers, you got beers, and you got nothing else. So why not? It's literally. Mate, can you, is your blinds shut, or are you? Is that let, like zebra print? You going for a tan? It's a camouflage thing. He's trying. Yeah. I don't, I'm, mate. It doesn't bother me, but I just thought you, you're about to get a bloody stripe of some tan across your face. But it does. It does bother me. <laughs> it definitely bothered me. <laughs> If I don't Otherwise, talk, I wouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was it, man. That was my, it's, it, we'll see how we go. I'll keep people posted on it. Uh, and it's not bullshit. I think that's the biggest, the biggest success metric that we've got with Swiss is the trust thing. And it'll be open and honest, mate. And I'll keep people going, um, doing, a, doing a journal or a video stuff with something that we, I wanted to do and be like, hey, this is what's going on. And I was like, and then it just, it's a thing, man. It didn't form the habit around it. Didn't do it. But um, moving forward, yeah. And I don't want it to be, make it some big victim, mm. uh, like trepidation. Like you should approach your transition with trepidation and fear that you're going to fail and you will get, because that's social cueing in its own right. When you're like, oh, I'm going to get upset. Some people might get out there and kill it, but don't be blase about it. Have a plan and move forward with punches. Yeah, fuck no. That's good. Now, I think um, 
I know we were talking like when you were when you were first getting ready to move to Darwin. I bet you were going to thinking about doing a, a daily like update of how things are tracking. I, I I know like building a habit around it. Something me and you both need to do is build a habit around doing more fucking posts. But I think maybe this might be a better way to do it because I don't like it either. And it's not just building the habit. It's I've got to get in the habit of shoot more content like fucking fitness and cooking videos and, and all that kind of stuff. But for shot straight to camera, I think there's also that dirty influencer vibe you get that where where you don't like we we are like kind of especially military dudes pride yourself on on not glory hunting um and people that do just want to self-promote for their own reasons can get the fuck out of the way like it's you're not there for sincere reasons you're not you're not there trying to you can't really claim that i'm self-promoting 24 7 to to help other people um even though 90 percent of the influencers out there are preaching how to make someone else's life better some of them do a great job like I, I can't paint it all with a broad brush some people are genuinely looking to help other people majority are genuinely looking to get paid to be on instagram and that's what i find hard to do like we I, I, we get it all the time um in, around eastern suburbs of sydney going oh the cause is fantastic you and the boys need to be on camera more doing more influencer stuff and i'm like that's fucking kind of gross like i'm not really into it but at the same time, I've got to find middle ground somewhere. Yeah, I, I, that's the journey that, how do you say true to what we're doing and then without turning into some gross influencer that's, I don't know. It's a hard stick, one, man, but it'd be stick, interesting to see. Stick your values, mate. I think that's what we're going to mean. Me and you mix definitely, Keegan as well now, that he's going to be producing mad content. He's going to have to be in front of the camera sometimes. Yep. We've got to become okay with being in front of camera. And there is, I mean, the, the veteran um, business world, it's very much, there's a lot of tall poppy syndrome. If you go out there and you have a crack and you do well, a lot of people are like, oh, fuck that guy. Um, but at the same time, fuck those guys. Yeah, fuck. So <laughs> we, I think we do just have to get over it and go there. We've got to do some promotions. As long as you can look in the mirror and go, I'm doing this for the right reasons, I'm sticking to the values that we want to get behind. Um, and it's good to go, but it's the, it's also storytelling, man. I don't know, like the story of of what well, one. Me and Keegan were talking about this the other day. Max, you need to write a fucking memoirs and turn it into like a some kind of show, even an animated series of fucked up lives, but, or just one, <laughs> mate. Just, just one real... A life of but, nine um, personalities. But like the 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 concept of you going voice to camera, like face to camera every day, just telling bits and that. Is that the best way to do it? I don't think so. I think the, the, the story, like this is all about storytelling and the story of Max's transition out from um, Persona X in one area especially, like there's a fucking legacy that you left behind that um, into transition out, moving to Darwin, complete cutoff. Like that's a story that you could probably tell at some stage. Would, it, would you have done it justice doing a, a, an Instagram post every day? Maybe, probably not. I don't reckon. So, I, I don't reckon. I can talk. Like we can all talk to people in person. I don't know what it is about. I, I think you hit it on nail on the head with. Um, it's that weird in front of the camera, talking shit. Um, just out of our nature, I think. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah, my my biggest one on camera. Like we used to have it when Steph used to give me cues and go, "Hey, can you just do a quick?" Because we we're shooting videos for the app just movement videos and that's pissed because i just got to move don't have to talk um and and she's like 
can you just do a quick one going, hey, it's Adrian here, we're behind the scenes doing play. And I'm like, sounds like a fucking radio ad. Like, that's I not even, real. I even hate asking to do, asking for you guys yeah. to do it because I'm like, I would feel that, so fucking uncomfortable if you're like, if Mech's holding a camera like, hey, man, give us a quick smile. Like, no, man, But the off. best <laughs> ones, the best one is when like someone like Keegan, you've just got the camera rolling all the time and then you catch the real stuff because I mean that obviously be real is one of our core values which we haven't promoted yet I think we should promote our core values I don't remember them all but we'll write them down um, the, one of the big ones is be real and that is like full transparency don't fucking pretend you're something when you're really something else and that's hard if you're going face to camera hey it's Adrian here behind the scenes I'm like that isn't real I would never talk like that but if Keegan's got the camera rolling and he's like, what are we up to? I'm like, we're shooting fucking videos, mate. Get out of my face. That's, that's kind of real. That's like, pretty much how it went. That's in the cooking, <laughs> in the cooking videos that I'll release soon. <laughs> but I, th- I don't know. And I'd love feedback from an audience on this, but I think our demographic, our audience much prefers people being real. Not reality TV. That's not real. Like actual people being honest and fucking real with shit. Yeah. So... One day we'll put a story together. Max's transition. It'll be animated. <laughs> animated. See how we go. Mm. Yeah, people are like I've I've met people and I've told story and they're like, nah, it didn't happen. And then I've introduced them to people who were there and they were like, the story. Happen. The and story like, with the the shaman was the best one. And I was always like, that seems like a stretch. And then the other day when we were at your place and you pulled out the folder, I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> uh, the de- Mate, we'll send it. Demons. We'll send it. We'll probably not online. We'll see how we go. No, um, don't, don't don't do don't do that one. Don't do that full story yet. That's a whole that's a whole podcast episode in itself. It's probably yeah. a series, mate. That's, yeah, that's the that's the one of the last that's one of the last episodes of season two. Uh, good to go. So but where does the barbecue take us now? What what's the next month? The next thirty days for Swiss Eight. Well, yeah, I mean, the last 30 has just been barbecue planning um, for a bunch of different reasons we won't go to, on to on the podcast. We, we ended up taking the barbecue on internally, um, and now we're in the runway leading up to Remembrance Day. So from, I don't know, where does it go to, like, in the next 30 days? I guess, what, what's the date now? The 22nd. So we've got, we got, what, two and a half weeks left? People can get on, register barbies. Um, Get, I mean, honestly, who gives a fuck if you don't? You should, but who gives a fuck if you don't? Just get your mates together on Remembrance Day. Because number one problem, Remembrance Day is being forgotten. Like, I don't know what they're teaching in schools. Um, I've I got a feeling schools have still got their finger on the pulse a little bit, but Anzac Day is never going to go anywhere because you can get on the piss and play two up. And if 99% of the people at the pub on Anzac Day are there to try and pick up dudes or chicks... Um, and you're like, what is, what's Anzac Day all about? And they're like, fuck knows, I, I, a war with some, some soldiers. And I'm like, yeah, the, the stories aren't getting through to a lot of the population, but people still know Anzac Day is a military day. Remembrance Day, there's people that are like, what are we remembering? Like, no fucking idea. We even had a, oh, I don't, I shouldn't, I won't, I won't say who. We even had people who should know better coming out going, you can't, you shouldn't be celebrating Remembrance Day. And I'm like, it was the end of the fucking world war. Of course you should be celebrating it. Like, commemoration, 100%, get it. But um, at the same time, this is not remembering dead people. It is, but that's not the, the, the whole point. The point was to celebrate the end of the war and freedom. And, like, now we're, we've got Australia, the Western world, we're in, in this pandemic, which 
may or may not be real. The reality is that fucking Victorians are going mental because they're stuck in their houses. We've got soldiers and cops working side by side in all states, like trying to keep people safe and, and healthy. And there's nurses and doctors working around the clock, putting maybe themselves at risk, probably, whether or not the virus is real. They believe they're at risk, so they're going. Now, the virus itself, I believe, is real. The, the threat level, I think, is way lower than, than people are worried about. But at the same time, doctors and nurses aren't going, hey, this is a conspiracy. They're going, yeah, it's fucking real, and I'm going to work anyway. So whether or not it's a conspiracy, who gives a fuck? They're actually going to work, going, I've been told this threat is real, therefore in my mind it's real, but I'm going to do it anyway because that's my job. Like now's the perfect time to be going, this is this generation. That's as close as they're going to get to what it was like for, for World War One and Two, uh, people living through it. So why not fucking go bring your mates together, have a barbecue. Yes, I'm going to say it. Have a fucking beer or a hundred if you want to. You probably shouldn't. It's not good for your mental health to have a hundred beers. But if that makes you happier than being depressed at home by yourself, then go to town. Just be an adult the next day and don't back it up and go again. Um but that is the point. Sorry, I'm already losing track of what you were asking. No, the next thirty um, days. Because have and, a barbie, have a barbecue, get together on Remembrance Day. It's a reason to come together. Do the march is probably not happening, whatever it's going to do. But spend some time, get your mates around. You don't have to. It doesn't have. It's it's a Swiss eight led initiative. It's not sit around and hold each other's dicks and wipe each other's tears away and go hey mate are you are you okay like you look a bit but you can have frank and honest conversations with dudes with your friends and be like yeah bro it's been a fucking dog shit year but you know and and you can you can start counting those things that are important to you your friends your family and everything and once you do that and once you get that community around you we know that tribe's important is that on the back side of that you really have no excuse uh, or you have an excuse to give to your missus for having a big piss up at your house and having a barbecue because it's for mental health. So she hasn't got a fucking leg to stand on. She either supports mental health or she doesn't. And that's what you play. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe in that 99.9% of the time, but I am also divorced for that reason. So <laughs> it, don't take relationship advice from this podcast. <laughs> or from Mex. There's a couple of people that, that, uh, that aren't allowed to play with me anymore, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's either Mex or our marriage. What's it going to be? Uh, I'm sorry, fucking no, everyone, everyone so far has chosen Mex. So I'm not going to break this pattern. <laughs> <laughs> Another divorce. So what? Uh, so I mean, the last thirty days we've done. Uh, Wendell Saylor, the NRL boys are on board. Um, I mean, fucking... not enough yet, but there is plenty. So let's, sorry, if you got if you got boxes to tick for for what we bring up, let's dig a little deeper into each one of them but yeah Wendell Saylor legend got behind it came on the, the launch of it was on the, the Today Show um, kind of gave a few shout outs at the same and this is a big big shout out to Wendell Saylor um, as, as everyone knows in the media he, his son got in a little spot of bother he got, he got the phone call to tell him about that while he was doing this stuff with us and obviously he had to go but he, he still like shot all the stuff that, that he came up to do he still got on camera and, and supported it while um, he's got all this shit going on. I mean, that's a fucking huge effort. He's a legend. 
and then he went and had, had to go and go through that kind of stuff like the, the mental health shit that he's going through when your son's in trouble with the cops like that's I, I couldn't I couldn't fucking I, I wouldn't understand it like that's fucked up um, but he put in the effort to come up and, and do that thing with us which was sick and then the, we put the call out because Remembrance Day this year's on Origin 2 night um, well, the Origin 2's on at night of Remembrance Day um, so getting getting footy players on is, is gold and he put the call out to a few of his mates and there's a couple more came on board um, that are going to start promoting it in the week leading up to it but any footy players out there current or ex I mean ex footy players are the best because a lot of athletes go through the same shit that soldiers and old veterans do in that they used to be high performing and now they're like what the fuck do I do next I don't I, best part of life's behind me so it's all the same shit um, getting getting a few of the retired footy players on board with Swiss State in general would be sick um, and I think the big one the, the point of difference that we want to make is that we're not looking like Wendell had his own dramas he got been from rugby union for doing a bit of naughty things um, and, and that obviously fucks, you, fucks with your head a little bit and it's we're not looking for squeaky clean people because none of us are um, and it's it's the blue collar knuckle dragon gorilla pumping fucking dudes that are the ones that aren't putting their hand up and, and talking about mental health shit and I know there's a couple of the Knights players like I grew up in Newcastle a few of the Knights players were high kind of profile dudes left footy then what? nothing now they're in trouble with cops they're in trouble with drugs alcohol they're the kind of guys that we want to get in the fold not not really as ambassadors but as dudes to work with because like we're um I mean ambassadors one day when they they turn it around and fucking climb back out of the hole fucking oath because no other mental health organisation is going to touch them because they, they're worried about bad PR and I'm like if you're in the mental health charity kind of game you're there to help the people at rock bottom like you're not there to help the squeaky clean ones that you can throw in front of the camera that's bullshit what's your actual motivation you're trying to get good PR or you're trying to help people well it doesn't it doesn't make sense you can't have lived experience if you haven't gone through it and you can't preach know. if you haven't been there and if Correct. you haven't climbed out of the hole what do you have to say and where's your cut through and it doesn't happen yes you can yeah. be a role model to not do it but you can also be a role model for having done it and fucking come forward and that's a stronger that shows stronger character and that's the stories I want to hear, mate. Like, I, I don't read books of people who were born with a silver spoon in their mouth and then they, someone gives you five million bucks and you turn it into six. Congratulations, champ. Like, you could have done that on a, on a greyhound race. Um, shit example, obviously. But I want, to, I want to hear the stories of the people who have gone, either came from nothing, headed up, or started with something, went spiral fucking full speed terminal velocity downwards, hit the bottom, didn't give up, and said, hey, I'm going to figure this out and, and climbed out of the hole. They're the kind of people you want to hear the story from. There's plenty of them out there, especially professional sports people. Heaps of them in the veteran space. Just not famous. Yes, yeah, so would you like a moment to think, Anthony? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that the Remembrance Day stuff with Wendell and moving forward... Uh, and the, the the whole fucking nightmare and proving point of processing that has summed up the last thirty days of of what Swiss Aid's been doing. Um, outside of that, getting people to come on board, register a barbecue because it's it's a free one for the year. You get to get on the piss with the boys, 
And then now we've looked at that, we've locked that in. This is where we're going to go. We know that Remembrance Day barbecue is going to be a hit. Um, where do we go post November 11? Is it all, we just close up shop and... So, no, I mean, the, the goal for this year, everything we do is an MVP. We've got to test and adjust it and go, the barbecue concept, is it good? Let's ask the boys. Ask around. Yep, good call. Let's, let's put some energy behind it and we've run it. Um, like everything we've done in the last 24 months, like trying to launch a charity during bushfires, drought and corona, not amazing, um, but you just got to expect them. We're testing and adjusting the barbecue concept to see if people appreciate and get benefit from coming together around a barbie. The goal then is to get our team together 12 November or maybe have a few days off um, and then come back together and do an AAR and go, what did, what did we do well? What did we fuck up? What can we do better next year? Turn this in. This is going to become an annual event. So every Remembrance Day will be a barbecue to remember. Um, with Hopefully with RSL partnering, a um, bit more oomph behind it from the RSL next year, we hope. Now, when, when all the states have got their clubs open at the moment, I know Victoria's wants to support it, um, but can't because all their clubs are shut. But... Um, or, or if, if it doesn't work out, we'll just do barbecue and encourage people to have one themselves and, and do it at home, do it at work, whatever. But that's that's what happens. That comes next after Remembrance Day is the AAR. Then from there, we, we'll start planning for 2021. Um, or not start planning, but just consolidate the concepts that we want to roll out. I don't think, I don't know, I don't think we release that kind of stuff yet. It's a little bit sneaky and secret. But we do have 2020. The 20, 2020 was meant to be the stomp. Um, which would have been a sick engagement activity going to every base in Australia um, on foot would have sucked dick but walking around talking to all the all the diggers and finding out what's going on because no one's doing it man no one's no one's going um, I mean we saw that today again but no one's going hey there is still some issues the world's not super peachy all the time let's go and ask the bottom of the food chain what's going on with them and like officers like fucking brigade commanders and, and shit come around with the brigade RSM every now and then you, or you get the, the generals from Canberra coming around with the RSMA and they're like alright man what's what's, oh, I'm what's just gonna take my ra- I'm just gonna take my rank off here and yeah. uh, you know yeah. you guys can shoot it straight like shut the fuck Mate, we, did, <laughs> we, did that in right. Char- we did that in Charlie Company with an OC's hour and we fucking said everything he told the CSM and came back and fucking face raped us yes that is exactly what's wrong exactly. with that system like yeah no, I'm not trusting you ever again cunt taking <laughs> like peeling a rank slide off it's a it's a fucking empty gesture no one that goes oh he's a digger now i can go and chin him because he's been a dick to us all year no they're still <laughs> going to talk to you according to your rank which they fucking should it's the army but yep. if we get around there as a group of, or a group of veterans like a group of diggers who have been there and done that and can kind of go hey tell me shoot straight tell me what's actually going on what can be done better well fucking that's how you get cut through mm. um so that's part of next year's plan not not doing it on foot obviously but getting around to every battalion or every brigade um having a chat to the boys and girls finding it at the bottom of the fucking pyramid finding out what's actually going on what we can do better to to support life for transitioning diggers for current diggers and obviously for veterans at at different fucking locations and we'll splice that in with a sprinkle of um celebrities coming with us do some events like that shit we did i don't know if anyone's well surely if you listen to the podcast you would have saw the stuff we did at threadbow um, a few veterans, a few few corporate people, mixing veterans with civvies, 
I think it'll be a big part of what we're doing next year. Yeah, yeah Barry, I feel that's Barry a massive. Um, that's something that we missed in the last thirty. Walking through a fucking blizzard, or did we cover that in the last podcast? Walking through a blizzard. Briefly, <laughs> I don't think we did. I don't think briefly, briefly touched on it with Barry, and then that was what Barry was saying as well about the incorporating or like mixing veterans with corporate types mm. and getting along on a mutual level and realizing that not every civvy is a fucking. Awesome. Yeah, this I mean, is not that, true. I'll fucking come up for air and let Max talk in a minute. But that trip was sick. Like we went down there. A few of the boys that were still in obviously couldn't get on camera, but um, went down there with a couple of veterans and, and a few um, or a dude from the RSL, just a, a civvy executive from the RSL, um, took him down there to show him what we're all about and what we're doing and why. And and we went down there to climb Kosciuszko. Now, Gaz, um, Gareth Shrub, he, he's, ex, he's an ex-officer from the Army. As much as we we paying ourselves to tolerate officers, he's a legend. There's a lot of legend officers out there, but there's also some dicks. I guess there's some dick. There's a lot of dick diggers out there too, but... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I met, I met Gaz for the first time, and he, he's got out of the military and started a videography company and doing really well. Like, he's... he's done some stuff with um i don't know his name he's just some some influencer celebrity dude that wrestles other not wrestles plays with big cats up, in africa get his name up yeah we'll tag him in this first of all gaz's instagram name is six one sunray if you don't follow him go look his yeah. shit's fucking great go and go and check six one sunray he's a videographer and photographer and he's fuck he's got skills man like i think he's all self-taught but he, he's got an eye for detail and he's, he's definitely a high-speed videographer um and i caught up with him just again doing what you're going to be doing over the next few months trying to build the freelancer network um especially in the veteran space and then he's i was like oh mate we're going to Threadbow this weekend do you want to come he's like fucking no i've got nothing on so he came down there with us and just shot a, a video of us doing some cold water therapy stuff or cold shock whatever you want to call it uh in the river in the snow um and then we got so i'll tell this thank fuck he lost his key so we went, we got down there on the weekend. We did Sunday, uh, sorry, Monday morning. We went and did the cold water stuff uh, on camera. Uh, and, and so we could shoot a bit of what we went down there for. And we're like, all right, a couple of the other boys aren't getting down till Tuesday night. So we've got all of Monday, all of Tuesday to, to kind of either do a recce up the hill, which was probably not worth doing because it was late in the season. There was no snow in the bottom um, half of the chairlift section of the mountain. So there's no point going all the way to the top of the recce you might as well just do it right and we'll we'll there with boys that were skilled like all military dudes can navigate can can get it know their way around so we're like yeah we've, we've spoke to the the ski patrol boys and we're like not really point there's no real point doing a, a full fucking mountain recce um so we're like we'll get on the piss of course on monday <laughs> of course Oh, that doesn't sound like AJ's before well, It's also, hard. I mean, there's something about, yeah, it's the AJ panic, but there's something like, I, being, being, I don't know if it's been part Swiss or what, I go down to the mountains where there's snow around and you're like, I don't want to get sideways, but I do want to sit down and have a couple of snaps or whatever. And like, it feels like home, man. So we got down there, we got, we did the cold water stuff, freezing cold, get out of the water, dry out, find out the boys aren't going to be here till the next night. So we're like, Fuck it, we drive, we've been driving up and down the, the National Park Road in Threadbow past um, the Schnapps Distillery, like day in, day out on the way up and down. We're like, fuck, we better go and check it out. Got to have a look, So we went, there, we went there for lunch. 
Standard. That would taste. <laughs> um, next day, I won't go into what happened after we got there for lunch. It was debaucherous. No, nah, it was just a standard piss. I got on the piss. Um, then that night, because we carried on like bloody idiots, um, Gaz lost his car keys. And so he's got all the cameras. He's got fucking, I won't say how much it's worth, but high quality cameras, gears in the back of his car. And we're like, we're going, we've got to go up the hill on Wednesday. We need to get your shit out. Plus, he needed to drive home. And he rings his old man. He goes, oh, can you, can you come down living in Wollongong? He goes, can you drive fucking five hours, whatever it is, and, and drop me off my spare car keys? And his old man used to do um, have a company that does like training for people like mountaineering and, and rescue and, and used to train the ski patrol down at, down at Kosciuszko. So his old man jumped at it and he was like, fucking oath, I need an excuse to get back down to the mountains. Drives down there. Mate, we are alive today because his old man came down. No shit. So we got, the night before, we're sitting around um, just discussing what we're gonna, what the game plan is for the next morning. Thankfully, if it was up to me, like I'd, I'd run Kosciuszko in, in summer and it was, you just run. You follow the path, you follow the signs, it's pierce, it's like the smallest mountain in the, in the seven summer. It's like the, Australia's smallest, highest peak on any continent. You're like, yeah, it's, it's fucking easy. And they're like, oh, should we, should we do some, um, get some grids and should we actually plot a route, get the GPS squared away? And I'm, I was like, nah, you don't even need it, mate. <laughs> Thank fuck we did. No shit, mate. We are alive for t- those two reasons. One was one of the boys plotted grids and, and GPS mapped the whole route out. Um, or at least waypoints. And then two, Gaz's old man came down. Um, Paul Shrub, he's a fucking legend. So we're climbing up the hill. Old mate from the RSL, Jacko. He's, uh, used to be a pack a day fucking durry smoker. Stinging. Gets up, gets up to the, pretty much the bottom where you jump on the chairlift to go up the hill. And he's like, I don't know if I can do this, mate. <laughs> it's too big. <laughs> 200 meters into it. He was cooked. Not cooked, cooked, but he was like, fuck, I'm gassed. I'm like, we're like, bro, it's you. It's always like you go for a run. Like the first K is the hardest, and then you settle into it. And he, mate, hats off to him. Made it all the way to the top, and it was fucked. But makes it. He just fights through the whole way up. But Gaz's old man helped him when a lot. Some of the boys were a lot f- really fit, and they just wanted to push through. And we got to the Eagles Nest, which is the highest um, chairlift point, and the wind. By the time you get up there, I mean you saw the saw the videos, the GoPro stuff we did. Um, but about 100 kl winds when we get up there. I don't know what the temperature was, but you're starting to get icicles on your face. Everyone else had face masks. I forgot because I'm been out of the army for too long. Forget how to do a kit check. Um, <laughs> stepped off from there, and as you go, we, we went about a k from the from the eagle's nest, and all the tracks, all the paths are all under underground, like under snow, so you can't see a nick. Wind picks up. It's 140 kl winds. Um, the higher we got, it got to about minus 30 with wind chill, like. Um, and I had that beanie that I put on Instagram that turned into a mushroom. snow and an icicle mushroom hat. Um, and we got to the point where it's like Jacko was, was some of the parts struggling a bit. Paul, Paul helping him through it or some, one of the other boys, someone's, someone's kind of, we always stayed in pairs, but you look 10 meters ahead of him and that's gone. Like it was just, it was a wide out that you'd lost. If you don't have line of sight or if you can't kind of, if you're ten, further than 10 meters away from the person in front of you, you're in a fucking pickle. And so obviously we stayed staggered to the point where we could still see each other the whole way up. But we got we got a bits like probably, I think it was about 300 metres from the top. We, we didn't know how far we were from the top because GPS was saying about 800. But it's because the route we took was kind of a bit, it wasn't following the track. And no shit, mate, walking sideways on like, I'll put my hands where you can see them. Like, mountain's fairly steep, 
snowshoes walking across it like that just don't fucking work. So you've got to face uphill and like just fucking for about 600 meters across the mountain um, while Jacko's already cooked. And I used to look at videos of people climbing Everest going, why would you give up 100 meters from the top? Fucking yeah. <laughs> but you get to the point where you're just so exhausted and you've been battling wind and you're freezing cold. Like the boys, my, my, and again, I don't want to pretend I got frostbite, but it took four days for the pins and needles to stop in the tips of my fingers and, and my toes. Like it was fucking cold. And we were treating it like a little summer, summer day hike. Anyway, got to the top, had a little fucking celebration, then walked down. And as like the endorphins start to hit, when you're like, oh, we've done it, thank fuck. You know, when you're like, shared suffering's the point. You want to get, you want to do some hard shit because you know that after it, it's going to be sick. And even Jacko, we, we turned around 100 meters down from the, from the summit. And he's like, I'm so fucking, like, he wanted to quit the whole way up, but didn't. He's a fucking solid dude. But he goes, I'm so glad I did that. That was fucking amazing. And then this extra blizzard starts hitting us, and I can just see his face drop. And he's like, "He thought it was over, champ. We're still going to get down. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get back yet, mate?" <laughs> it took us eight hours. We thought it was going to be three or four at the most. It took us eight hours to get up and back. It was fucking cold, mate. And if it wasn't if it wasn't for one of the boys doing GPS nav points, and then Gaz's dad coming down, and he's a fucking plethora of knowledge on this stuff. We're going to do some 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 programs and and some events with him next year. Um, hopefully, if we can pull them together, I think we will. Where he teaches some mountain guiding and um, he, he's just a his brain's just an encyclopedia of how to live in the outdoors in the mountains. Um, but yeah, long fucking story. But we ended up, we we got down. Everyone was safe. Had a had a beer that night with the guy that runs the um, fuck what was his name. I can't remember. I'll have to look it up. I want to get him on the podcast too. The guy that runs the the um, ski rescue, ski patrol for Threadbow. Because he's been there for decades, mate. And he has some fucking stories to tell. And we got down. He's like, boys, normally I'll, like if the weather, knowing we, we saw this weather was coming in, I would have told you not to go. But because you had fucking shrubby with you, like um, Paul, he's like, I thought you'd be okay. And given that you got a bunch of army boys with you, he's like, but... When when the weather turned, we're like, we like we started getting nervous and like you and me both, mate. I was fucking nervous when we we're up there. Going, if if no shit, like on the way down, as soon as we come off the summit, if I didn't have a GPS or someone with a GPS, I would have been walking almost 180 degrees or what is it, 300 and what 3200 mils in the wrong direction. 6500. 6, 6, yeah, two, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. 320. So I was I was completely disorientated because everything's white and it's super windy and. Then, I was like, the wind smashed me on that side on the way up, so I'm going to make it smash me on that side on the way down. And I was almost 180 degrees off coming down the hill. And the boy's like, no, we're going this way. I'm like, double check it, mate. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. I've got to shut the fuck up. It's a GPS. I have an uncanny sense of direction. I think we should follow me. <laughs> None. But I mean, imagine, and that's what this bloke was saying. When we got down, we had a beer and a steak that night. And he's like, mate, he told us a few stories. I won't go into all of them. I'll let him tell them if we get, get him on the podcast. But there's been some some serious climbers that have come, that have done the seven summits, come to Australia, took it lighthearted, and him and his team had to go and rescue them. Like, the weather changes. If you don't have GPS up there and, and or you lose sight of your mates, you are fucking walking around in circles in minus, 100, uh, minus 30 degree temperature. Complacency kills. You're, you're brown bread. Is that because the, is, the gradient of the slope is so? I fucking don't know. 
But no, no, it's not. It's not steep. Like even like it's it's there's parts of it that were a little bit steep. It'd, be, it'd not, just be people underestimating it, wouldn't it? Like going there, like oh, this will be fucking sick. It's Australia. It's hot down there. This will be the and then the weather turns and then like I can't fucking see and it is cold. Well, that's it. It's the weather turning. So you go down like we you leave and it's sunny, clear skies, mm. and because it takes a couple of hours to get up from the bottom, um, within an hour the weather changes and you've got full clouds, white out, 140k an hour winds. Yeah. Good fucking luck. That's like the sound, Milford. I think it's the Milford Sound in New Zealand. We were there, and it was be- a sick day. It was one of the nice. And then for four days, it fucking pissed down like sideways. And I was like, this is like a different fucking country. And we left the mountain, got back, well, get like left the sound, got back to like uh, sort of Wanaka area, normal, like nothing. It was like a different, it's own like fucking ecosystem. It was fucked. Yeah. Yeah, the pile we had over there flipped a helicopter into the into the sound the year before, apparently. Oh, that's good to know. Oh, Kiwi pilots, mate. Do you remember them in Timor, Max? Did you ever go to Timor? Yeah, they, they had ball. Like, there was a... Was, I, I, I do remember, and I don't know whether this is bullshit or not, but I'm pretty sure it's accurate. Uh, so Australians had super restrictions on airframe hours and, and what they could do with the airframes. Kiwi pilots did not give a fuck, mate. They were like... If someone's hurt, we are going in, mate. Mate, they thought they were flying fucking Hueys in Vietnam. Like, they, they picked us up and it was all smooth and it was cool. And then they're like, I think they, they might also be doing it to take the piss because they're competent pilots and they know everyone wants to get a little fucking adrenaline rush. But they came in like they were getting shot at. And it's like, it was East Timor. The only people around were little kids playing soccer. Like, there was nothing going on. But they just fucking <laughs> drop it down. I'm like, what? I've been in the army for like six months at the time. I'm like, uh okay it's the best thing that <laughs> ever happened good. yeah <laughs> it was sick but they, they're good pilots uh, uh no because I, I remember vividly the the start like the stark difference between new zealand and australian pilots uh i could be wrong somebody if, if you're australian and you're a pilot check me on my bullshit but there was a who was the dude that got stung by bees and he was this I mean, a super yeah, bees or wasps. Yeah, someone someone got stung and they they called in. Um, a horn, I was hornets because I was I was on the I was on the radio um, as a digger carrying the radio, and I I left IETs no MRE training, uh, finished IETs got a week leave and then got flown straight to Timor with with Bravo Company, and again I don't know if I told this story on the podcast before but I first patrol I like, get in the back of the car. Half of my army knowledge, like you don't get taught that shit in fucking IETs back in our day. There's no um, CQ, but there's no nothing. I'm like, get in the back of this car. I'm like, is this like fucking SWAT the movie? Do we get out and get all like super ninja? And everyone gets out and it's like, smoking doves, stealing out. Oh, cool. <laughs> Could have done this at the shops in Newcastle. <laughs> anyway, I'm on the radio after being over there for a month and this thing comes over going, John O's just walked into a hornet's nest. And I'm like, that's code for a fucking ambush or something. I'm like, oh, it's kicking off. And he's like, no, 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 he got stung by heaps actual. of hornets. Actual. <laughs> <Little> actual hornets. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, right, I've got nothing, I can't help you. <laughs> but yeah, they had to send out Kazavak, like Air Kazavak, to pick him up. Whoever it was. It wasn't John, I don't think. Might have been. Anyway, hornet's nest. It's not a code word. <laughs> Definitely a code word. And then we arrive at this juncture, mate. <clears throat> Here we are. But Have after you- all that waffling, the um the point of the story was that yes, there's going to be plenty more events or activities like Threadbow going next year with more people that 
Um, we'll put EOIs out for expressions of interest out to, to veterans who want to get involved. We'll make sure they're all fully funded, um, not by us yet because we've got no money, till someone gives the seats, maybe the RSL will, maybe the government will. Um, but there's those type of events, there is, there's plenty of clubs. Um, clubs and RSLs in New South Wales are a different thing, but um, there's plenty of clubs down here that are looking to, to back good ideas. So uh, we'll put those events together and, and see who wants to come on them and make sure that you don't have to pay anything to come and hang out. And this is the, this is the most important one, is that it's not... Uh, this is a proactive mental health charity. It's for current serving and ex-serving, and you don't have to be getting checked in to the funny farm or uh, under the care of a psych, which I've done myself. It's fine, but you don't have to be that. You can be a fully functioning human being that just wants to check your mental health and optimize it and hang around with high-performing dudes and build some act, some some routines and come on as well and be part of it. 100%. And that, that's, that's a, a fucking solid point to bring up as a highlight, because there's... When, um, when, when DA or RSL or, or any of the ESOs put out expressions of interest for uh, events or courses they're going to put together, I've in the past, it's hard, some of them are hard to find, but I've in the past looked at them and gone, there's only 20 spots, I don't really need to be there, I'm, I'm going pretty well, okay, I'll leave alone for other people. And you kind of don't, whereas everything we do, it's, it's, you don't have to sell a sob story to get a fucking seat on the bus. Um, we're not looking and don't don't save don't open the door for fucking or don't try and leave the spot open because you know there's people that are struggling more than you there's there's a couple of tiers or there's at least two maybe three tiers to what we're doing next year one of them is hard resets that is for the people who are fucking cooked need to need to bug out and just get out of their normal life that's a different story most of these events will either be weekend catch-up stuff or um the events like Threadbow aimed at people who want to the going okay um, or, or good, or if you are fucking struggling, still apply for it, obviously, but you don't have to be struggling. Like, come on it. And the, I think the, the reason behind it, the why behind it is probably worth talking about too. It's like, if you're a high-performing dude and you're fucking um, high-performing all the time and then you jump in with people who need to be more like you, you that, that behavior becomes infectious for the rest of the people. It's like, it's like virus fucking philosophy. If you put a poisonous cancerous fuckwit in any section, he will turn that whole section bad or sour. If you put a, sec- if you put a fucking elite dude in any section, he's gonna br- he might drop down a couple of points, but he's going to bring the rest of the section up to at least meet in the middle. So if we can take people who aren't... Um, who, who, who aren't the ones that are fucking really struggling. There's, there's, there's places for them too, but we go on these things like Threadbone, we take the dudes who just want to be better at life, hence the name. Um, they'll go back into their local veteran community and contagiously filter out the good vibe. And that's the point. Um, so yeah, don't, don't feel like you need to fucking leave the seats open for, for people who are cooked. Anyone, anyone can fucking put their hand up and come on these things. It's going to go, mate. Better at life. That's what we're doing. So uh, optimization of human performance and, and mental health. Uh, mate, I reckon uh, unless there's anything else, we can fucking wrap it up there. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. So 